You're listening to the Ask Coach Parry podcast. If you'd like to join thousands of other runners from around the world who are getting direct access to Coach Parry, his science-backed training plans that work, and a community of runners to motivate you and hold you accountable, then head over to coachparry.com forward slash ask. Welcome on to yet another edition of the Ask Coach Parry podcast. Today we are talking heart rates and VO2 max. We've got Shona Hendricks with us. Shona, nice to have you with us. Yeah, thanks Brad. Love these. Great question popped up in the forum from Steve. Steve saying, hi coaches, I had a maximum heart rate of 200 beats per minute, which was measured a few times around the start of this year using a chest strap. Uh, that has been used to set up my heart rate zones, which broadly along my perceived exertion, except at the top end, have been pretty much what he's been doing on the Coach Parry plan, and he's feeling much better for it he says he's noticed that his heart rate no longer gets as high as it used to uh, even when his perceived exertion is high his vo2 max which is measured on his garmin uh, has increased from low 40s to low 50s does this mean that i can go faster by pushing through my perceived exertion threshold uh, and get my heart rate higher or is my max heart rate now lower and i should reset my heart rate zones there's lots to unpack in there shona yeah, there is. So uh, keep um, reminding me of things as we go along because I've got so much that I want to comment on there. So first things first, whenever we are looking at a maximum heart rate or, or anything like that, we want to make sure that that has been measured reliably. So you have used a chest strap, so awesome. First tick there, that's brilliant. That's exactly what we're looking for because they record the, the, the heart rate measurements far more reliably. But the next question would be how or what test was done to get to that heart, that maximum heart rate. So was it a, uh, a, a sort of ramp protocol on a treadmill or, or was it done just in a very hard ride or in some sort of threshold sort of test, which then wouldn't necessarily get us to an, uh, uh, a true maximum heart rate. You must understand that when we do these maximum heart rate tests, which are very often done on a ramp type protocol on a treadmill, it takes you so long to get up to that maximum that you're never going to get a true reflection of what your maximum is because there's so much peripheral fatigue that's happening. So we can't ever really yeah, get an, um, an idea of your true maximum. So I would question the validity of that reading of 200 um, because, yeah, I just think that there's there's a lot of variance there. And in particular, as we get older, your maximum heart rates will, yeah, will change so much. So that is also why we want to move more towards using a threshold heart rate to, to d- distinguish your zones as opposed to the maximum heart rate um, so that we can get a, a far truer reading um, and, and train specifically uh, to your zones from there. So talking around you know vo2 or or, or let's yeah i'll come to the vo2 now but you're saying you know around your your heart rate you don't feel that it can get as high anymore so should you be increasing your perceived exertion to get as high that's why i'm questioning the validity of that first heart rate maximum heart rate i don't think it actually was a true reading there so where you're at at the moment is probably a more fair result of where you are so no i don't think you should be pushing harder to get to that truer reading in your interval sessions, if you're following the prescribed paces and you're working to a, a high enough rate of perceived exertion, you will still be getting the, the result you're looking for. Remember, in our interval sessions, we're not looking to just go maximum all the time. You're looking to get a, a lot of or repeated bouts of high-intensity work. We're not looking to go maximum and then die a slow death from there. You're wanting to get a number of, of good repeated measures at a certain intensity. So I think you're, yeah, to not try and just push up to maximum. And in your easy and your slow runs, uh, your easy and your long runs, you should never be doing those to pushing the perceived exertion that we want to be 
easing ourselves off, making sure those runs that run at a rate of perceived exertion of a two to four out of 10 at most. Okay. So, so from that point of view, no, I don't think you should be pushing your heart rate up. Um, with regards to the Garmin VO2, uh, I, I'm just not a fan of that metric at all. The only way you can measure a VO2 max is by measuring the breath by breath analysis with a gas mask from uh, a gas analysis mask. What they do in the, the Garmin VO2 and how they work that out, it's an algorithm that's based on heart rate and pace. Because there's a correlation between those two and VO2 max, it's, but it's definitely not a, um, a true reflection at all. And so training to that, it's a nice to have. It's nice to go, oh, cool, I'm, I'm, I'm improving, which I'm improving in inverted commas. I mean, we also need to question the validity of, of you know, the correlation of high VO2 max and performance. I mean, uh, whether VO2 max actually does impact performance, of course it does in some instances, but your running economy is going to be more of the measure that we're looking at. And that is where the training to zones and working in the correct zone and pushing in those um, variables will, will be more helpful. Absolutely, Steve. And, and as Shona was saying that, I remember Lindsay and I did a video on VO2 max and, and are those readings actually accurate? Uh, that is on our YouTube channel. I'll make sure that we include it in the show notes to this podcast as well. So if anybody's interested in VO2 max and are those readings uh, in, any good, and Lindsay gave a really good example. You talk about the running economy and I'm quite a bit bigger than Lindsay. And obviously, I mean, if you look at VO2 max numbers, mine would be pretty decent because I'm a big guy and I need that. But I can tell you now, I'm not nearly as good a runner as Lindsay is. So uh, yeah, we go into that in a bit more detail on that uh, video as well. So definitely check that out. Shona, as always, thanks for your time today. Much appreciate it. Cool. Thank you, Brad. Hey, it's Brad again. Before I go, did you know that most running training plans don't take your age into account? That's why most runners over the age of 50 are constantly running in some sort of pain or battling a niggling injury. That's why they always feel tired and fatigued, and it's also the reason why their endurance fades as they get older. It's the number one reason they seem to get slower and slower year after year, even though it feels like they're training harder than ever. If you'd like to discover a new way to train as you get older, then make sure you join us for our upcoming Faster Beyond 50 Masterclass. Simply head over to coachparry.com forward slash 50 or click on the link in your podcast player now.